Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. This podcast is for you if you have an insane drive to find the truth of things. It's not the good answers that we seek, but the good questions. I interview a range of different guests from many different fields, all with the intention to uncover the simple truths that are hidden in plain sight. Most people don't want to go there. I go there. My guests go there, and you benefit. Please let me know if you enjoy these episodes, and as always, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. My guest today is Yu Cheng Lo. He is the co-founder and CEO of SetHub. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, great to see you. Great to meet you. Uh, really excited for this episode. Uh, I would love, you know, you. I, we were talking before and you've got a PhD in machine learning uh, from Carnegie Mellon. You've been in the field for so long and now this whole wave has come up. Uh, and so the first question I would love to ask you is what is the difference uh, or similarities between machine learning and AI? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of this. Uh, a difficult, uh, a difficult question. More, if we go back more classically, um, AI has always been in the game space, right? Essentially, like a uh, uh, game, uh, playing chess and playing Go and things like that, looking at kind of game search and, and and so on. And then machine learning is always at this. Uh, I I like to think about it as applied statistics, mm. right? You know, statistics is applied math, and then machine learning is a bit more uh, kind of applied statistics. Statistics, it's about. Uh, I I think I think uh, uh, going back, I think there is a professor. Uh, Tom Mitchell uh, back at, back at CMU, who had uh, a, a really really good description of uh, of what of what machine learning is, which is it's about the study of uh, computer algorithms which improve with in performance uh, with experience, right? And and I think that that really just succinctly describes the machine learning. Essentially, with experience means you, you collect data. And and improving performance, performance in some definition of performance, whether it's accuracy or so on, right? And mm -hmm. it is ultimately is a computer algorithm. It's a, it's you're solving a problem, a, a a thing, right? And um, and I think uh, the, yeah, the study of machine has always been you know, we collect data, we do things, we try to make predictions, and really we are really interested in how performance, how accuracy, all these things work, right? And I think where uh, and. In a man, in a way, we can think about AI as a bit of like a marketing term now. I think of of for ML, but I think more more really broadly, it's uh, pushing the limits of um getting closer and closer to human and this human kind of. Of 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 understanding, right? When it comes to uh, language and things like that, is in thinking and not just about improving performance at one task, one thing, improving accuracy at one thing, but it's more of okay, how close can we get to something that is that's good at a lot, a lot, a lot of different things, right? And that's basically to be human, right? You know, we can learn, we can do things, we can do a lot, a lot of different things, and I think that is kind of for me, what the difference is. Brilliant. Uh, so humans can do a lot of different things. So we're, uh, there's a great Robert Heinlein quote uh, that says a human should be able to, you know, like build a tent, uh, yes. uh, uh, kill an ant with a magnifying gla glass or, and he said specialization <laughs> is for, for ants. 
Um, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and so that it's it's always interesting because you know this leads right to where we can go in this conversation because you know you've been teaching the machine how to learn for 10 years now. Now you're building this startup, which I want to talk about later, which is probably mm -hmm. helping in the infrastructure inside of machine learning. And, you know, what happens to specialization in a world where this intelligence can be more specialized? Well, first of all, do you think it's accurate? Do you think it's accurate that this machine uh, pretty soon in the next couple of years that we'll have so much advancement that this thing will be more of a specialist in like 90% of domains than specialists like you in machine mm -hmm. learning or specialists in biology. Do you think we're going to get to the point where it will be at better than the specialist in the same way that it beat chess in the, in the 90s? Right. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, specialization is still going to say, I mean, like even humans, we specialize, right? We do a lot of different things, but I mean, as a humans, we all, we can't be experts at everything. Right. And I think, uh, and uh, ultimately even for AI as it is, even is, is still, is still a data driven problem. It really, really is still a data driven problem. Right. And, uh, and, and the and the and I say this way, which is there's this famous uh, well-known kind of XKCD comic, right? Which is like, uh, um, uh, what is it? Is there a bird versus is this picture contains a bird, right? That was, uh, this does this picture contain a bird? That's hard, right? Uh, now that was I think uh, that comic was quite a long time ago now. And various, and now these days that is considered trivial or almost easy, right? With any any simple vision model, we can find a bird in an image, right? I think really what has changed is just the boundaries of what we thought was possible has now shifted, and we don't really know where the boundaries are today. But ultimately, uh, we uh, we still have to think about it as a data driven, data driven problem. And uh, we still will need to have to create <laughs> models. I know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, I have not updated my Mac OS. So, uh, so just for our listeners, uh, real quick, we'll interrupt. I was putting my thumb on my uh, on my head, and it looked like a thumbs down. And so then the the Zoom Zoom meeting threw, put a thumbs down, uh, which is quite an awkward moment. But uh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the um, uh, ultimately. I wouldn't know what to do with a general purpose AI lying around my home. It's a reality, right? Uh, what we want is still, I want my applications, I want the things I do to have little bits of intelligence in little, in little places, right? And like essentially the idea is that um, today when we, I, I was just reflecting on this Tom Mitchell thing, you know, recently, right? And there's this thinking, which is, Today, when we code, right, uh, you know, a lot of software engineers, we code, we write functions, we write functions to do things. And sometimes we start writing a function as, uh, uh, and, you know, I don't know how to do this. There are problems which I have no idea how to solve, right? Uh, and sometimes these functions are, hey, I would like a function that recommends me music, right? Or ranks this so that, you know, people, and that's a recommender model, right, today. And today to build that is a lot, a lot of specialized work just to build that one function to re-rank, right? Or even simple things like, okay, you know what? I have a pile of, um, I'm, 
this is again, you can't see what I do a lot of my time, which is making PowerPoint slides. <laughs> I just want you to reformat yeah. all these pile of things so that it looks nice, right? As an engineer, if I were to think of this building in software, I have, this is kind of a pain. This is, as you know, I don't have a sense of what looks good, right? As a, how, uh, and a kind of space, but but this is exactly this places where I want to be able to go, okay, you know what? Can I have an AI model with a sense of, hey, what looks good and to be able to just like make changes to it so that it looks good, right? And uh, and these are and these are the places where um, where this idea of even learning from experience comes in, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right. It is a common algorithm. It requires a bit more than uh, just data collection, just statistics, statistical information. It requires some innate sense of humanness in it. In it. But we still need to collect data. We still need to collect things. Uh, uh, it still is going to improve the experience, right? Just as a human would, where you know, as you see more PowerPoint slides, you get better sense of, hey, this looks good, this does not, and things like that, right? Brilliant. Yeah, it's we need because we as humans have all these values, and I've mm-hmm. I've been talking a lot about how you know I'm in this company that's doing a lot of RLHF for my listeners who still haven't heard this term after I've probably talked about it a bunch, but it's reinforcement learning through human feedback, and mm-hmm. it's a, basically a problem. And you can correct me if if I'm wrong on this, but it's a problem that kind of surprised a lot of the people coding the LLMs because they're like, oh man, there's there's so much. So there's so many human values and human desires that we need mm-hmm. to actually not not brute force, but influence the machine to learn what it means to be human beings. And that can only be done by human beings. And so it surprised a lot of the researchers because they're like, oh, how, where, where do we get these human beings to teach this machine learning <laughs> algorithm to, to, to what we want? Uh, and it's, and it's, and it goes like, there's so many things about it being a human being in terms of desires, in terms of values, in terms of the way that we Mm -hmm. look at the world. And the funny thing is when people ask about alignment and there's so much talk about alignment, very rarely do they say alignment, do they define who are they aligning with? Because not only are there different human beings, there's different groups of human beings, there's different nations, there's different, all sorts of crazy things. It's just like such a human problem to have. And now we have to confront it philosophically as a society, as we've been training this thing. Um, And so uh, we have to teach the machine what beauty is basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and that's a really interesting thing because people disagree all the time about what beauty is. Uh, well, I, I, I should ask you that. What do you find beautiful? What do I find beautiful? Wow, that's a that's a very 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 broad broad broad, broad question, right? Uh, for me, for for me, I think uh, personally, I think beauty is. Okay, now this has nothing to do with ML anymore, yeah. but I think for me, but I think like for me, beauty is in simplicity, Ooh. right? I think uh, for me, it's always, uh, you know, I, so I bake a lot, right? I, I, that is one of the things I do, but uh, I, I eat and things like that. For me, beauty is always in the simple things done perfectly, right? So it's not about like really complicated things, but, you know, things done with the fewest ingredients, a baguette, a croissant, extremely beautiful, just it's all technique, all those things done perfectly for me that's beauty mm, that's yeah. beautiful <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, you're a baker i love it you're a baker and machine learning uh person uh so what is simplicity when it comes to machine learning because because it doesn't seem simple to me at all well maybe this is this brings in that matrix that you may have heard of maybe the listeners have heard of is the uh you have a complex 
versus complicated and then simple versus something else. So there's, uh, uh, so like there's complexity, there's complications, then there's simplicity. Mm -hmm. I'm totally um, uh, butchering this, uh, but like machine learning seems extremely complex, but it also might be simple. Mm -hmm. to, to you, it might be simple because you already have the 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 understanding. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I think um, ultimately, for a lot of the ML, machine learning models and things like that, the it, the basics of it are the core of it. The math of it is generally not very complicated. It, it's simple, easy to understand. But I think, but I, but and then when it comes to the AI, the neural network things. In a manner of speaking, the transformer is not very complicated, right? It's really actually really simple. However, we I don't know if anyone actually knows what the heck the thing is doing, right? I think I think I think it is both simple and complicated all, all, all at the same time, right? Wait, uh, why don't they know what it's doing? Okay, we, we we know just mathematically, right? You know, he's taking this matrix, is doing this thing here. But then if we try to go, okay, why? Actually, why did it respond this way? Now that's a very difficult question to a, a question answer, right? Yeah, it, it's uh um uh yeah, when it comes to when it comes to really the uh AI ML space, um I, I think about this way for, for uh I, I think we have ML as apply statistics in the sense that um frequently the results matter a lot more that you know that we get better results it matter a lot more than being able to prove that uh, yes, this thing yes. is actually statistically valid right uh, uh we get more results driven but and so we are not the, the statisticians look may look at us a little funny and <laughs> the right and then but then when it comes to the uh, uh, uh for me i have a, i do have a strong liking of being really able to truly understand the model and know why or how it behaves the way it is right so kind of like the theoretical models work uh, i i do enjoy a lot more right my my background is in probabilistic graphical models, Bayesian networks, and things like mm -hmm. that, where there is a degree of interpretability that one can, uh, one can pull out of it, right? So then the uh uh, and then when it comes to the neural networks, then in a manner of speaking, the models are simple, right? You can sit down, write down the equations; they are not very hard. But then we start to lose a lot of interpretability when it comes to hey, what the heck is this parameters mean, right? We 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 are not able to understand that. But I don't know if that is a problem. Mm. There is, I don't know if that's a problem, right? Uh, it's not like uh we understand. No, it's not like we can like track down dig inside your brain and go like, why yes, did you play yeah, yeah. this chess move? Right. It does it really matter at the at the, at the at the end of it. Right. It may not, right? But uh, yeah, I, but I, there is some theoretical understanding we can derive from it is that we do know that uh like for instance the transformer inherently it's it's not theory complete, it's not able to accomplish certain classes of computation. We do know it's not like we we don't understand uh, there, there are some things we do we can we can understand of it, and that puts limits really real limits on what AI can do today, right? And I think there's going to be, uh, and of course we know, you know, the context window, da, 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 there's a bunch of other limitations we all know about, right? And so I think there's still, uh, there definitely still going to be a lot of work to go, to do, to make, to actually get closer to AI.
Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, he said something really interesting there, and I want to go back to it. Yeah, it's about we don't know what's going on in our own neurons. Mm -hmm. And so it reminded me of like in the business world, generally my understanding of the business world is that you hire somebody and it would be really, really annoying to tell them every single step that you want them to take to achieve the goal. You'd rather mm -hmm. just have them achieve the goal in whatever way. And then if you, if you want to go see how they did it, you can go in and see how they did it. I guess that's, mm -hmm. that's in machine learning. That might be where it's helpful. And ChatGPT has started to do this where you ask it, to do a web search and then it links you to the web search that it did mm -hmm. it. And so mm -hmm. I think that's probably why we want mechanistic interpretability. And for my listeners, uh, there's two really big unknowns in terms of machine learning. There's uh, mechanistic interpretability, and that means how much we know each of the different neurons inside of the neural network is doing, what they're doing in order to get that result. And so we've already discussed this a little bit. And then there's the black box problem, mm -hmm. which is what is the whole thing doing? And I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we understand either of those things. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I don't think we do. We 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 have some uh, some understanding. Uh, uh, there, there are papers people are, are looking into trying understanding some bits of it. So we do it. Uh, uh, but it's a little like dissecting a human brain, really, right? You know, we can we can we can add probes. We can observe, right? We can make observations, and then with that, we can use simple models to try to understand this neuron that goes like, hey, you know, this neuron fires when you look at this thing. This neuron fires when you look at that thing, and then we can use that to interpret. So, so it's more can become observational science, right? More than uh, uh more than the statistical, more than mm -hmm. kind of like bottom true 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 bottom understanding. Right. So I, I think there's going to be a field of, I think, uh, AI psychology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because the 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 red is gonna, the 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 uh the LMs, they are they don't behave human. They they have an entirely different form of intelligence. It's not it's not human at all, right? Uh, and 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 just as we humans, you know, we require some psychology to understand us, to understand how we behave, right? Uh, today, you know, right now there's a lot of work from engineering things there, but really there's a broader field of like AI psychology to really to go like, okay, how do we get this LLMs really up and from a very, very high level to you know get it persuaded to do what they want. Who knows? Maybe like LLMs with like certain prompts can go depressed and go like <laughs> I don't really know. So. <laughs> so I just got a really great joke from this, which is that. So say I go into a party and I call myself an AI psychologist uh, and then somebody's like, oh, great. You know, I, I'd love I'd love for you to use AI on me so that you can give me some psychology. And I'm like, no, no, sorry. No, I, I give psychology to the AI. That's who I'm doing the psychology on. Um, uh, that's really funny. Uh, uh, and OK, so really brilliant. Is there is there a field of AI psychology? Have is that something you just came up with recently, or have you seen like in this conversation, or have you seen that already? Not yet. But, uh, I I think it's just a bit of a a bit of, a, a bit of of an observation, right? Just because um it has become uh, uh there are not that many foundation models really, right? Few yeah, people yeah. have the like, true capacity to train their own, right? And so uh there's uh, uh there's a lot of work being done just really understanding what these models do given these certain things, and it's kind of and to me that starts to sound, seem like AI psychology. Right, you know what prompts work, right? Chain of thought, all these things—they are just heuristics and 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 things that just 
understand to try to get it to do different things and yeah yeah i i i i call it i i think of a ai psychology i don't know if i've actually seen that actually stated anywhere i'm not actually google so <laughs> watch out for me i'm going to rebrand myself as an ai psychologist after this episode <laughs> on, on linkedin uh and uh, okay so now i want to move into uh set hub uh okay. and uh what you guys are doing there can you give our listeners a brief understanding of what set hub does and how it uh, fits into the machine learning ecosystem. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so just a, 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 a kind of a, a, a bit of background, right? So be, uh, before I was a, a chief architect at a, a startup, GraphLab, Data Theory, where I got by Apple, right? And Apple, what uh, it is in about 2016, we worked on building up a kind of centralized machine learning platform for all of Apple, right? And then uh, I was heavily involved on the data storage and management part of it, right? And it is kind of really from there that working with uh, dozens of teams doing machine learning, we learn a lot about the needs of these team, team uh, teams, right, and uh, and of course, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that that uh, data is far far more important than anything else when it comes to getting something, getting working model, and, and things like that, right? And uh, of course, I'm kind of, I'm 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 an I'm very much kind of an architect, a builder, a solver, right? I I I solve and build I build and solve problems, right? And the um and if we take a step back and think about how data is managed today, right? And it's just the way we manage data today is like how source code is managed like 60 years ago, right? Uh, you know, uh, we 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 store it, uh, whether it's in a bucket or a shared folder, we all make modifications of it. You have new versions of data, you make a copy of the directory, you want to share with people, you make another copy of the directory, you make changes wow. to it. And if someone makes changes, it, no one else knows what has changed. Right, you lose. There's no observability. There's no visibility into how 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 things work. Right, and so, and uh, and the and the really is kind of like I say the data engineering really should be thought of as a field of software engineering. Right, uh, is really is no different, and all that can be really be addressed by just making, uh, uh making software engineering tools really really skilled. Right, mm -hmm. and that is kind of really kind of uh 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 what 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 we built. So we are looking at say going up uh uh what we built is in a, it's essentially we I think of it as we make uh Git scale to a hundred terabytes, right? Wow. So it's that you gain all the capabilities and a collab of collaboration on things like on data. Right, uh, where you can go back in time easily, you can collaborate easily, you can fork, branch, you get all the software engineering best practices we know of on your data. You get visibility, you can easily run like compute and pipelines and things just to see, hey, this is my data six weeks ago, this is my data today, this is my data on the branch, this is what they look like. Right, and and to be able to see how that changes, and also finally have the real confidence that anytime I make any changes. I'm never going to affect anyone else, right? It's so common, so much of a common story where, you know, I see uh, this bucket. I have no idea who is using it, right? I don't think anyone is using it. I delete the bucket and goes like, and then later on, hey, downstream job started there. Oh, whoops, we have this like critical task somewhere <laughs> deep inside our pipeline that's using this bucket. No, you, that should never really be a problem. So that seems like a massive problem. 
like a big, big problem, you know, because 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 the the nature of what you're doing probably is the analogy that you made of the 1960s to 197 is probably accurate, right? It's like mm -hmm. the, the same level of of just like no tooling, no nothing. There's just it's just like this giant problem out there. And you're you're taking chunks of it because you understand the problem space so big. What is the biggest problem about what you're doing? What's the biggest challenge about what you're doing? Um. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I mean, I'm recovering from a cold. <laughs> no problem. Right. So, uh, so one of the, uh, the 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 challenges I think is just uh, people are very um uh are, are, are very used to you know just uh blob store right using S three and things like that mm. uh, uh 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 for to just use use and share and just do do things in there right uh and I think uh really a challenge is goes like hey you know what there is a better way mm. right mm. we have a better way we can make uh, uh 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 we can get you all the performance you need we can get you all the reproduce way you need and uh and and everything you need just right now to uh, uh today and then this is going to be insurance is going to help you a lot down the road, right? Cool. The problem is kind of S three and things that they are very convenient, right? You know, if I get a share file, a share 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 data, the absolute most convenient. You know, I try to Dropbox or something like that, try to share folder and share it to you. So they are really convenient, but they are not going to last. Right? Yep, yep, yeah, because it's just like it's like all the what what's another example like the fact that I can now put my code into GitHub and mm -hmm. now I can go on to Vercel. And Vercel immediately recognizes the code in GitHub and deploys that into a web page. Like, mm -hmm. what is the version of that for machine learning for sharing yep. it? Um, that sounds really yep. interesting. Uh, yep. Can you talk yep. more about the like? I'm a, so I'm I'm very new to programming. Uh, I I'm I've learned about HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I've got React now, so I'm learning about how to use components and such like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but very mm -hmm. much in the web web development and this backend stuff that people are talking about. All the time, I understand. I've got a little bit of Python, um, but you know, people talk about Kubernetes, people talk about S three, people talk about all these different things um, in the back end. How does it work for a beginner? Like explaining to a beginner, uh, what is an S three bucket, and is it really like what are the uh, what does it do for you? Interesting question. Okay, so so. Uh, I get okay. So from 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 AWS perspective, essentially an S three S three bucket, uh, it's like it's like the world's biggest shared folder. Very cool. <laughs> I guess is one way I think about it, right? Uh, so it is. It's just a place where uh you can put. Uh, large large files scale. They they have scaled it. I believe like exabytes. I think right. So you can just put. You can just you uh you uh, create uh just put things in there. Anything in there and have it be accessible anywhere around the world easily. Right. Uh, but then of course its uh limitations are that uh they are, it's not really a file. Right. It's not really. So you you are not going to you you do not want to uh uh to uh, do things where you make uh changes to the file, right? You probably do not want to use it to store, for instance, like Word documents and things like that, right? It right? is is best is best kind of like you read the whole file or you write the whole file, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not uh, uh, yeah, not doing this kind of like small, small, small modifications on it. Also, not great for 
tons of tiny tiny objects mm. right but you it's good for like smaller big a fewer number of big uh, of, of big files as a normal performance so of course like there's a lot of like performance engineering that one can do on top of uh, with with s3 buckets mm -hmm. okay yeah. that's very interesting that answered a lot and so now but but you had mentioned that most of the machine learning people are using s3 buckets in order to share their data is that did i hear that right Yep, yep, yep. So, so, so today, uh, just uh, a lot of the, uh, it's convenient. Is is as uh, 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 do I say it right? And even broader beyond S three buckets, I mean, S three is Amazon, so right? There's of course like Azure Blob Store and Google right. GCP, right? And the uh, just kind of the this general Blob Store Blob Storage model, right? And I think, uh, it's just that, um. Uh, a, a lot of machine learning is happens in Python, mm. right? Mm. And there is uh, and people have built up a lot of tooling, right, for interacting with S three, interacting with Blob stores, and so I think and and so I think there's that there's also one of one of the key key challenges, which is that um, there's just a lot of existing tooling. Right, a lot of existing things that one has to, uh, that one that one has to integrate with to go like, hey, you can just you do this, you can just use this, and it will just work. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. But it, but it, and that's but that's where we are as we're in a transition mm -hmm. point where it's like the old way of doing things, and this is so interesting to go into ChatGPT and all these other things too, because from my understanding, most programmers uh, are not using ChatGPT. Because and and like a lot, most people are not using ChatGPT, but for those of us who are using a lot of it or other machine learning um, implementations, it's like wow, this is like magic. I have magic in my mm -hmm. fingertips, and they were looking around at other people, and they're like, "They're wait, you don't like magic? Like what? What's what's wrong with you? Like what's going on?" Uh, and and then so that's but that's in the consumer Im implementation. But in terms of the actual like the programming as well, the whole programming thing is all going to change because not like programming with machine learning. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, programming machine learning uh, is is just probably going like crazy. I'm sure tons of people are entering the field and there's all these DevOps kind of machine. I think I interviewed somebody a while ago about machine learning DevOps and how that's different. Is that, would you say that mm -hmm. that hub is machine learning DevOps? DevOps is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say so. I think it's kind of like a, a, a we are we are system uh, a piece of a of a bigger machine learning platform, right? From for people building up a machine learning dev, DevOps a machine learning platform system for their company and things like that. We are uh, 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 we are a very very good piece for that, right? Yeah. That will support that will support a lot of, of growth and a lot of visibility and things like that uh, uh, towards the future, right? And um, yeah, but I think it's I I when kind of machine learning machine programming I, I was thinking like yeah yeah there are like two two forms of that there's like people use copilot kind of thing or you have the or you have the um uh people actually like building their own their own ML things and yeah. and it actually raises like an interesting question there as well right which is um how many people as we as we move towards uh, the bigger LLMs and things like that. How many people are going to actually have the capacity to train their own mm -hmm. to actually start do, uh, do, uh, doing a lot of uh, of ML ML ops, right? I think, of course, you know, classical uh, the 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 old uh, classical ML stuff, right? Yes, that is of course still a serious thing. But then, if 
LLMs, if this generative AI thing is going to be a, is going to be a future, right? Then how many people are going to be actually training their own, right? And then and that is of course a different question. Yeah, it is probably going to be very small, right? Because I mean, you've got these foundational models. Once you have the foundational models, it feels mm -hmm. like like why would it even even with company. Like, yeah, I get if they want the security of having their own machine, it, but it, it, I guess it's the same parallel when Facebook started building their own data servers because uh, cloud computing didn't exist at that point. Um, and it's like, but then, you know, Dropbox, by the time Dropbox came around, they, did, they didn't bother building their own data servers because uh, it was, cloud computing was so easy. Um, I think that they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably the same thing with foundational models because why train your own foundational model rather than just fine tune one of the other foundational models and people are going to come up with all the security um, elements. And so like, why not just use one in the cloud, basically uh, one of mm -hmm. the bigger providers? Do you think that's accurate or do you think there is an yep. incentive for people to start training their own foundational models? I think I think fine tuning is probably going to be a way. I think I think that is going to be the uh, uh, the direction will be, you know, uh, uh, my my suggestion to be honest has been, uh, if you can do like prompt engineering or rich development generation, do that first. If you can do in context learning, do that next, and then fine tune only if you have to, right? And then and then please don't train your own model, right? Uh, <laughs> so right, right, but but the but it's it's. Uh, the the field is the rest kind of the, the field is moving so quickly. It's so hard to predict, right? It is so hard, so hard to forecast, right? I think like the um, uh, the the trend, you know, the, the, this 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 ML AI models has always been this trend of you know of, uh, I guess it's not even AI, but this is centralization and decentralization, yes. right? Alternating. Right. Yeah. right for like uh, really and everything right yeah. and i think that's going uh today because LMs are just so expensive to train it's just massively centralized right and but uh, uh but of course there's a lot of work on making them cheaper making them smaller right and that will be increasing with this decentralization as well right so the long term unclear unclear right but i think uh but i definitely believe that there's going to be a lot of more embedded embedded use cases where uh as we go you know into having intelligence kind of baked into into an application right uh where i you know i have i have uh to, to put the way my access like the 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 iphone the app uh, has a few hundred ml models sitting in it doing all kinds of little little things right and if i want to have uh intelligence and i think as we talked about earlier applications will like to be have more intelligence sitting inside of it right things which are hard for humans to write should be doable by having having some kind of like even a tiny little lm just sitting in there helping Brilliant. out there just doing things right and so i think that so so i think it's more of it that's going to be there may be a future where uh, where AI engineering just become truly democratized in wow. that sense, right? Where 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 you start to have AI and ML and models and things that are just fully embedded inside any every application. That's a crazy world. I'd never thought that of would that be before. A... Yeah, yeah, that, that... yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it, 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 it's it's a thought. It's just right now. It's, it's it's a thinking. I don't know if that's going to be uh, 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 that's going to be reality, but I think I think that will be a. Uh, that would definitely be a a, a a a future, right? For me, it's a, so AI, generative AI, LLMs, and things like that. That 
are, I think I see that there, there are two places which, I, uh, two or three places in which I think is going to be useful, right? Uh, in which we in in which a user may start it may interact with it, right? One is it's just straight up intelligence, right? I mean, is uh like can you actually build truly like Siri, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or uh, can you actually have a assistant that is truly intelligent? I I think we're still quite a bit of quite a bit of a way from from that, right? Uh, but that's a direction. Which can again push out right. Yeah, it'd be nice if we have someone can uh, and AI can just help me plan a whole vacation, right? I don't think we are there yet, but you know, definitely a worthy goal to think about, right? I'll clean my house, damn it, <laughs> <I hate laughs> yeah. right? Okay, uh, and then the second I think is as a uh the I I uh as um assistant copilot style of thing, right? I love the name copilot. Uh, for my frankly, I think Microsoft did an amazing job on that branding because. It's not is defined as it's not a way to uh, not re a replacement for a human, but to improve augment your, your, how you do things, yeah. augment human augmentation, right? And uh, you know, just make people more efficient at, at certain tasks, right? And I think that's a second a second class. And then I think there is a uh there, there's a third, and I uh I think there's not going to be too many of these of these two big uh, uh of these two things yeah. but i think there's a third class which i think is a, a generalization expansion of where machine learning ml we talk about ml versus ai of where ml is used today which is about kind of like just things deeply embedded inside of an application that makes the application more useful more effective for a yes, person it's not explicitly there you are not necessarily directly shown it but it just make things better right uh and uh, and and there's a straight up the whole like bird detection SACD thing right and, 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 and mm -hmm. things like that right and if we were to push on different then i think the it will be just having applications with just a lot of little LLM models mm -hmm. and models just mm -hmm. built into it that get better that can train with the user's data and improve over time so this brings me into Mistral's model of experts. And for my listeners mm -hmm. who don't know, the model of experts is essentially a new way that Mistral may be kind of based on what they thought ChatGPT did for ChatGPT4. Uh, and a model of expert basically has seven, seven models uh, mm -hmm. that all compete with each other to predict the next token. And it saves mm -hmm. on computational requirements. Uh, and allows you to get a huge model onside your Mac with an M2 chip or with the, on your PC with an NVIDIA chip. Um, and so what this does is it allows, uh, uh, so it allows you to save on computational requirements. And I you know, imagine in like two or three years, they'll come up with a whole new way to do it. And when they do that, when they do that, when you're talking about this world where, mm -hmm. you know, my speaker has a little AI agent inside of it, uh, do you think it's going to be like a fine-tuned model that, is connected to a larger model through the internet um, or like, and then it's inside of each application. And I'll give another thought point here, which is that mm -hmm. my friend who's a 3D graphics engineer, he's been showing me all about web GPU, web GPU and web GL. Mm -hmm. And like that allows your browser to connect with the GPU inside your computer and allows you to do 3D graphics. And for mm -hmm. those listeners who don't know, the, the the GPU is basically from computer games. It started with computer games to do graphics and has now ended up first in crypto, then into <laughs> machine learning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had like two yeah. massive hits. <laughs> two what? 
Nvidia had like two bets. massive yeah, hits. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just wild how the world works sometimes. Uh, and uh, and so you know, like as you were saying, it's going to have all these little embedded AI. How small do you think these things can get? And I guess there's going to be some sort of architecture. I guess like what the question is is like of you, you're in this space. You you may not be specialized in this particular thing, but are are people working on this in terms of getting the, I know that people are working on getting the, yep. the, the machines local, the ML local, but what do you think about that area? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a mix, right? I think, I think uh, models will get smaller, models will get faster, chips will get faster. People will start building chips uh, that will, uh, that are specialized for, uh, 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 yeah. uh, for this purpose, right? Uh, of course, like, you know, coming from Apple, I have a mild bias on that, right? Which is, uh, we try to run everything and on the phone as much as possible, right? And it, uh, if if we can, I think this is just uh, ideal for privacy for for, uh, for 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 everything there, right? And I think uh, um, today's models, even the smallest ones, I think you can quantize like three bits of something like that, a very very small quantization. They are still they can uh, it starts to become possible to run it on the phone really really slow, but. I do expect probably like this year, really, <laughs> given the how quickly things move, that uh, that we'll start to see we'll, we'll start to see LLMs uh, running at acceptable performance on, wow. the, on, on the on on the phone. Yeah, but you know, like hard to hard to make real predictions given how how, yeah. how 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 quick things are moving. You know, it, it's not it's only been a year. ChatGPT four, right? I think it's only been about a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's go into the philosophical territory, basically, because uh, uh, we'll we'll just dip in for the last ten minutes or so. The because <laughs> it's so interesting that machine learning, as you've been talking about, is this field that talks about that tries to predict things based on large amounts of data, uh, yeah. and then you know, and then that is making it harder for us to predict uh, what's going to happen in the future. Which is so yeah. it's so ironic, right? Because it's like we yeah. built this technology that makes it easier to predict things. But that the overall meta effect on society that it's making it harder to predict where we're headed. Um, what do you think about this general like prediction of of long scale, a large events like nonlinear effects? Because like you, you know, if we if we focus our our focus of attention down onto a very small uh, part, we can predict things in that small part. But then mm -hmm. you zoom out, and it, uh, uh, the larger the context window. And I don't mean yep, this yep. from the machine learning context <laughs> window, but it's funny that that's yep, the yep, same yep. thing. But from the from the larger context window, it becomes harder mm -hmm. and harder to predict. Like, wh like, what's your philosophical take on on this world that we're entering? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great question. I try not to make predictions. It's just so hard. But I think uh, I I think I actually it, it is coming down to a, 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 we get another question, which is you know what's the difference between them? Uh, yeah, yeah, another another way to think about it, right? Uh, uh, ML AI historically have uh, one of the biggest challenge has always been common sense, right? We have built knowledge bases, like in uh, uh, like knowledge search, or just you know, a, a, a proof search and things like that, right? But common sense is always hard, a big problem, right? Today with the whole LM so you know, if you throw enough text at it, <laughs> right? Yeah. You throw enough models and text at it, you can actually get a pretty decent sense of common sense. Wow. Right. Of something just, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean to be human? Right. I think that that I think that's kind of uh, uh the direction. And then now we now the challenge is how do you tie that 
stack with the ML, you know, I just want to be able to make a certain cost of predictions reliably, right? Because sometimes I want to, my, my main goal is prediction, common sense, add some common sense to that, not necessarily the other way around, which is I have a giant pile of common sense. I want to add a little bit of predictability to it, right? I, I really want the former, not the latter, right? I think, but I, I think I think that's uh that that maybe is another way to think about it, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, but I think more 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 broadly, I think uh society and things like that, um. There is, I think I think. We're we're kind of on the brink of a massive change that's going to happen, right? Uh, now whether L whether uh, I don't think the LM today LMs today are going to be it. I think we need one more new model revolution. What uh, one more new class of models for mm. sure? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the current. I don't think the current model set is, is is sufficient. But I think. But even so, even so, even just looking at what LMs are today and what one can do about it in another couple of years in a in a year or two there is inherently going to just be a risk that um it is going to I, I worry it would gonna affect the job market in a really really in uh, in in a problematic way right it, and as uh you know we can say we can advise of course that LM should only be used as an assistive tool, right? We talk about you know, some of the applications, right? It should largely be an assistive tool to make people better, right? Um, but the reality is that um, businesses and things like that, they are going to start thinking about replacing. In fact, they already have, right? Thought about uh, how do I replace people? With uh, people with with uh uh with LMs, right? Uh, it, it them it may be uh it may be a lit and this is not old. This is not new. Sorry, this is absolutely not new, right? Uh, uh ML has even just ML has been used in really questionable domains. Mm. You know, people uh, whether kind of uh, face identification or uh, more notoriously uh, crime prediction, which mm -hmm. is one of the worst possible use cases for wow. <laughs> right for ml and things like that uh, uh a recidivism prediction that was a really really bad case uh, 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 a case study there right things like that there already have been questionable users but and i think this uh this whole uh ml thing is just gonna make that make that a lot a lot worse right people start you thinking hey this thing looks intelligent seems intelligent and just assume it is intelligent <laughs> that's that's a really good point there and it goes like because i'm i'm not really scared of the 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 i find that either in my own life or if i look at other groups of human beings the things that people predict are going to be the most dangerous things don't end mm -hmm. up being the most dangerous things like the 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 group dynamic usually gets it wrong and the individual neuroses usually gets it wrong but what you just said is really interesting, which I think is the real risk of it is us becoming dependent on it in the same way that we're dependent on our phones in order to cross mm -hmm. the street or, um, you know, do all these things is the strong dependency that if for whatever reason it's taken away by an EMF or or something like that, we become sort of just like useless, useless beings yep. because our, our whole history has been about like, you know, being out in nature and learning how to use our environment. And then we have this tool that just becomes this awesome, awesome tool. And then we become dependent on, we forget how to, how to, how to be, uh, you know, uh, useful without the tool. 
And I think that's it. And I think what you just said is like, it's like comes down to the human consciousness that it feels like to me, you may have a different opinion. It feels like for me, the fundamental um, defect of human consciousness is that it thinks bad ideas are good ideas because they sound <laughs> like good ideas. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, we have the super intelligence that's been branded as a super intelligence, you know, me, you, yeah, me, yeah, you yeah. know how intelligent this thing is. And we know that it hallucinates. We know that all these different things, but oftentimes like it'll, it'll say something. And if I'm not in my proper fact checking mode, I'll just like be like, Oh, okay. Oh, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go, yep. I'll go tell everybody else that this truth that I found that the machine just made up, um, <laughs> exactly. which is human yeah, humans yeah, do that yeah. too. Like other humans yeah. awesome BS themselves too. So it's not like this is a new yeah, problem. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the, the perception of intelligence makes it think, make it seem May, uh, uh, makes people accept that it is intelligent when that's not the case. It's just, and it, uh, uh, really the, the the type of intelligence LLMs uh, provide it is really like an alien, right? It's really mm. alien. It's not. It's not human yet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and we we don't really uh, that's why you know we really psychology is gonna be a thing, but it's just yeah yeah um anything, but but we kind of accept it for and many people. Uh, if you just use it as it is and you accept it as it is, then I think I think that's a problem. But then I said kind of like uh, I, I think I think in the short, but I think more broadly society was in the sh uh, going back to society was in the short run, I am uh, I do I, I I think I think there will be a lot of disruption in terms of the job market, in terms of jobs, in terms of in terms of things. But but if we go back even longer historically, this is not necessarily new, right? Uh, we have seen this before in terms of industrial revolution and things like that. When machine, when industrial revolution came about, people worry about jobs being lost, right? Jobs were lost, are lost, <laughs> right? But, but, but then new jobs get created, new things get new, new things get created, right? It's just, it just, it mean, it just pushes human endeavors into new directions right uh right i think you know uh, uh you need less people in factories right and so you can have more people doing other things now i am not a historian uh i have not i'm not actually researched too much about where the jobs how the jobs shift during the industrial revolution right but uh, uh but you know with with this i i don't i don't know today what are the jobs that will be lost to 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 LLMs or generative AI, right? I know like artists and things like that have generated because of the whole like mid journey and things like that, right? But 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 uh, but I think uh, but I think that it's just me. Uh, society in the long run, um, just human endeavors to just push shift to it into different directions. What what that is, I can't say. <laughs> I really can't say. <laughs> Nor can I. Uh, well, yeah. thank you so much for coming Eternal on. Eternal optimist yeah. is how I think about it. Eternal <laughs> optimism is what I am. <laughs> I agree. I also agree. Uh, 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 um, not a rational optimist. It's like a, a realistic optimist. A realistic optimist. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, how can people find out more about you and how can people find out more about zhub.com? Right. Uh, just go to zhub.com. X A T H U B dot C O M right dot com and uh or come look for me on LinkedIn. I am always I always love to uh, love meeting new people and chat. And if you are in the Seattle area, I am definitely happy to meet up for coffee anytime with anyone. 
Great. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Stuart Alsop, I-I-I. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or iTunes for every weekly episode that I publish on Monday mornings. Hope you have a great day.